Hi, my name is Agile, and I support Gen X Grown Up through Patreon, and I believe you should too. Just go to patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Drawn and Paneled is the comic book showcase podcast from Gen X Grown Up. Every Wednesday, we bring you news, reviews, interviews, insight, and commentary on the comic books we love from the golden age to the modern age. Welcome back, Drawn and Paneled podcast listeners. With me, as always, is Jason. Hey, everybody. And I'm George, and we're here today to talk to you about comic books, because we love comic books, especially the independent comic books. We've got an exciting new show. I don't want to waste any time. Let's jump right into it. What do you say, Jason? Let's go. And back on Earth, in the children's ward of a hospital in Washington, D.C. Wonder Woman, you kept your promise. I got here as soon as I could. The children have been very depressed over Santa's disappearance. Everyone knows about it. Poor things. All right, now it's time for our news segment. I've got some great news for us today. (laughs) Nothing sad like last week. Oh, good. So it's all upbeat today. It's all upbeat stuff. Nice. If you remember our first episode of Comic Sans on YouTube, Mm -hmm. we talked about Black Panther. It was a little independent film that came out in February. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. That was an interesting... So we did Black Panther in that one. I forgot the other book. We also did, I think, Dream State Radicals in that episode. We did a couple of books. Yes, we did. Well, Black Panther is going to be honored uh, this weekend at the Hollywood Film Awards. Okay. It's from what I've read in the articles, they don't call it Film of the Year, but it's the top award. And they honor other films as Incredibles 2 is getting animated Film of the Year and Avengers Infinity War is getting an award for visual effects. So it honors... Kind of the big budget Hollywood film. Nice. It's part of a Dick Clark Productions, and it's also part oh, of the Hollywood okay. Reporter. And it's the kickoff of wow. the okay. award season. And then a bit of a casting news. All right. DC is working on Birds of Prey, which features the Huntress, Black Canary, and in this adaptation, Margot Robbie will reprise her role as Harley Quinn. Oh, good. I like her as Harley Quinn. You know, I know she got a lot of flack at the beginning of that, you know, the whole Harley Quinn stuff, And but I really like Margot Kitty in that role. Uh, yeah, Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. I said Margot Kitty. I'm thinking of, I'm yeah. back in the 80s. <laughs> so they cast the villain, uh, which will be the Black Mask. He's a gangster. Okay. He appeared in Gotham, I believe, but a favorite of mine is going to play the role, Ewan McGregor. Uh, Star Wars Ewan McGregor? Star Wars, Obi-Wan, yes. Cool. So he's going to play the villain. uh, So it'd be interesting to see him play a villain. He doesn't play villains a whole lot. Well, now he was kind of a drug addict, right? He was in train spotting. He was in train spotting. Yeah. I wouldn't say he's a villain, but... Not a villain, but definitely a broken character. Broken character, for sure. Now, I've got some news that I want to talk a little bit about. Sure. Can we do that? Let's go for it. Yeah, I'm doing all the work here. I know you're doing all the work, so I'm going to take some of the credit. (laughs) One of the cool things that's happening right now, there's 
a ton of people moving in this direction of cord cutting, yes, right? So everybody's sure. getting rid of cable, getting rid of satellite TV, and they're moving all to these special streaming services and things like that. And okay. One thing that I've seen, and I know you saw it as well, is that Disney has their own streaming service, and they're talking about doing a potential series called The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes, I saw that. I'm very excited. I hope that comes through. Now, here's the interesting thing. Do you think they're going to use the guys who play those roles in the Marvel Cinematic Universe films, or are they going to try and recast them like DC does so often? I hope that they keep the same guys. I know that with this move by Disney for their streaming service, that they're wanting to have shows that are very closely tied to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I'm hoping that Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan, you know, stay on board because I, I really like those characters a lot. Yeah. And they both of those guys have done such a good job with those roles in the mm-hmm. Marvel Cinematic Universe films. I agree. Marvel has done, in my opinion, more good than they have bad as far as casting and what they do with shows. I mean, in humans, we won't talk about that. Oh, yeah. The Inhumans, is the that's the exception to the rule, right? <laughs> right. So we'll see. And I have a feeling we won't know anything too much until after the fourth Avengers film comes out. I have a feeling once that movie yeah. comes out, then we'll start seeing some stuff. Well, we'll get to see the direction Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to take with that fourth Avengers film. Well, we're talking about cord cutting. Have you got anything else in the cord cutting universe like Amazon, Netflix, any of that stuff? Any other news? I do. And it's actually some weird news. Some weird news? Okay. Yeah, very So weird. it's not bad news. It's not sad news. It's not fake news. It's not happy news. This is weird news. We're going in a whole different direction now. Very different. So have you been able to check out on Netflix, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina? No, you know, I've seen a couple of like advertisements for it, a couple of ads and stuff in some different social media platforms, but I haven't watched it yet. I don't really know anything about it. Okay. So Sabrina, some people may know she was an Archie comics character. All right. Yeah. Debuted in the sixties and then around 2015 or so Archie comics started doing kind of a horror. Oh line. yeah. Yeah. I've seen those. Afterlife with Archie And uh, then they did Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which is a darker take on the character and her witch background. Okay. Well, this new series is loosely based on that comic book series. It's very dark. I watched it. A lot of Satan worship, witchcraft, all that stuff, but also teen teen melodrama. So like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but maybe darker? Darker. And it's so dark that Netflix and the show itself is being so... Sued by the Satanic Temple. What, the religious order? The Satanic Temple? Correct. Because Oh, you gotta be kidding. I'm gonna me. read <laughs> I'm gonna read the tweet from the founder of the Satanic Temple, and he's also the spokesperson for the order. Well, of course he is. And his name is Lucian Grieve, which is very appropriate. You know he changed that somebody. name. That he, was not his given name at birth. His name was like Poindexter Smith or something, and he changed it to that. <laughs> He wrote in a tweet, he said, yes, we are taking legal action regarding hashtag the chilling adventures of Sabrina, appropriating our copyrighted monument design to promote their asinine satanic panic fiction. Oh, Lord. So there is a a Satan statue that looks fairly identical to their statue of their deity, Bahamut. 
And there's a few differences, but they say it's copyrighted and they're not too happy. There's no way they're going to win this lawsuit. I mean, that's like the city of New York suing a movie studio for featuring the Empire State Building. Right. And they also don't like the way that witchcraft and Satanism is portrayed in the movie because it paints them in a bad light. You, whatever. You're worshiping (laughs) Satan. I don't want to hear you complaining about a bad light. That's your whole thing is bad light. (laughs) Right. Well, apparently they don't practice cannibalism. Spoiler, that's in the show. (laughs) There's there's certain things like that. Yeah. So. Wow. I just thought that was kind of fun bit of news to share. Absolutely. Well, that's what Drawn and Paneled is all about. We find the news that you can't find and we bring it to you live every week. Well, not live. We're recorded, but you get the idea. I really hated to play that little number on Sam. Wow! But that Phoenix character wants me pretty bad, and I won't risk the Falcon catching one that's meant for Captain America. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? Hey there, Drawn and Panel podcast listener. I want to take just a second to tell you about something you didn't know you were missing. I'm John, and along with Mo... Hey, everybody. ...and George... Hey, how's it going, guys? We are Gen X Grown Up. Gen X Grown Up is a website, YouTube channel, and audio podcast by and for Generation Xers, kids of the late 70s and early 80s who may have grown older but have refused to grow up. Every week on our podcast, we cover media, games, tech, toys, comics, games, and pop culture of yesterday and today through the eyes of guys who grew up loving that stuff. And every other week, we do a backtrack where we pick a single nostalgic topic from our youth and dig in deep. You can find us anywhere you listen to your podcasts or find us right on our website at genxgrownup.com. If you're a Generation Xer or know someone who is, I hope you'll check out Gen X Grown Up. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Drawn and Paneled Roundtable segment. This is the part of the show where we like to talk about comic books, uh, get in deep on some of these issues. We usually pick two or three, but one of my favorite parts of this segment, something that we get to bring that a lot of other podcasts don't, we, Jason, always seem to procure the best guest panelists for our show. Would you agree? I agree. Well, that's because we're the best podcast ever. We are the best podcast ever, and I love the confidence, sir. That's awesome. Today, we have our special guest in-house. His name is Andrea Molinari, and he is the editor for Caliber Comics. Andrea, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Well, there we go. (laughs) He's super pumped. (laughs) (laughs) No complaints. Uh, Andrea, we had met at a convention a little while back, and I was introduced to your story that you told him. I want to talk about your book as the first book in our roundtable segment today, the book that you actually created yourself. The story is called The Shepherd. Correct. And it's actually uh, my son, uh, Roberto, uh, is my co-writer and uh, co-visionary on it. We do everything together. That's interesting. We have actually two volumes out now and a third is in the pipeline. Oh, you've got a third one coming. It's actually the second half. Volume two is actually a two-part story. So volume two and three are actually one rather long graphic novel. It's about 183 pages. Well, let's tell a little bit about the basics of the story. We don't want to give away too much, but we're into volume two, part one, like you said. Sure. So if I remember correctly, there is a character and he's kind of moved on into the netherworld. Like he didn't pass all the way to heaven. He's kind of in that in-between realm that's kind of a staple of ghost fiction, you might say. And there's also a dog that follows 
follows him around and protects him and fights for him and stuff, but he's also getting back at people. Tell us a little bit more about what we're talking about. Sure. Um, the first thing is to understand kind of the context of the type of literature that we're talking about. It's basically called like an otherworldly journey. And this is heavily influenced by my readings from the ancient world. I have a doctorate in, um, in believe it or not, in early Christian literature. Wow. But as part of that study, I did a lot of background work in the ancient world, Greek mythology, Roman mythology, Canaanite, Sumerian, Egyptian. And um, believe it or not, one of the oldest uh, pieces of Western literature is a work called the Gilgamesh Epic. And it deals oh, with okay. a kind of a superhero a Sumerian superhero right. uh, who has a friend who is killed by a goddess and um, he ends up going into the afterlife after him. And uh, that piece of literature and many like it um, are certainly heavily influencing my thinking. And so the shepherd is very much within that trajectory of literature that deals with otherworldly journeys, searches in the afterlife for loved ones. It's very common in Greek mythology. Right. Hercules does it. Dionysius does it. Anyway, the basics of the shepherd is that you have a family. It centers around a family. The father is a professor and uh, his oldest son dies of a tragic drug overdose. Right. He had never used drugs before. Yeah, I remember that now. He tries it one time. And he's it done. Ends up killing yeah. Him. The father and the family are devastated, but in particular, the father in the wake of the funeral begins to hear his son calling out to him from the other side that something has gone very wrong and the teen has not passed on in the afterlife as he should. Right, sure. And in his very unstable uh, state of mind, the father decides to take his own life and essentially go after his son to try to save him in the afterlife. Yeah, and that really... That really grabbed a hold of me there, Andrea, because I'm a father myself. I have three sons. I know you're a father. You have a son as well. Two, actually. You have two. Wow. Okay. So you are <laughs> yeah. so you and I are right there. The one that I write with and then my youngest who is busy making his lunch right. in the background. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, and for me, when I remember that part of the story grabbing me so much because I can imagine myself sacrificing my own life in order to help any of my children, but to take it to the extreme that your character did of actually ending his life in order to help his son transition into heaven, the goodness, you know, the light, whatever people want to call it. I thought that was very compelling. And it was also, yeah. you know, just the grief that was surrounded in that. It really leapt off the page for me. The artwork really brought it forward. For sure. I thought that the writing and the dialogue was top notch. Jason, I can't remember. Did I share this book with you before? I did look through it and I am familiar with The Shepherd. I go to a lot of conventions, so I've probably seen you, Andrea, uh, dressed as the shepherd at your table. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's highly likely. We get around, particularly in Florida and the Southeast. Yes. I think that the Drawn and Panel listeners out there, you guys really need to pick this book up. You can get your local comic book shop to order it. I'm sure Caliber, you guys have got a website, don't you, Andrea? Absolutely. CaliberComics.com. We're going to put that in the show notes. You can find it and a lot of other titles. We will put that in the show notes down below so that people can find it easily and go out there and grab that because not only have you got volume one, but like you said, you got volume two and it's the first part of a two-part story. Yeah. We like to try to support our local comic book stores. I think it's really important. Sure. And uh, just to let you know, The Shepherd is available. Both Volume 1 and Volume 2 are in previews. And if you go to your local comic book store, I'd like to have you give them the business if at all possible. It's November 15, 12, 
23 is volume one. And then uh, July 18, 17, 17 is volume two. And if you give those codes to your local comic book store, they can order it and that'll help them give them a boost. And that's important. We definitely want our Drawn and Panel listeners out there to grab this book as soon as they can through their local comic book shop with the codes that Andrea just gave us, or through the comic book codes that Andrea just gave us, or also through the CaliberComics.com website. I've got a book that I'm really excited to talk about from Image Comics, Dead Rabbit Number 1. Have either of you guys heard about this book? Uh, I can't say that I have. I mean, I, I love stuff that Image creates. They're like kind of the biggest selling indie, if you want to call them indie comic creator out there. So I love a lot of their stuff, but no, I don't think I have anything about this one. Andrea, what about you? I look forward to hearing about it. I'm always game to hear about a new story. Dead Rabbit is about a Irish gangster that was kind of a thug and retired in the 90s. Nobody knew who he was. He apparently stole a lot of money. And this book starts with him working at Walmart and supporting what? his wife. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that where gangsters end up as greeters? Yeah. Is that how that works? That's nice. Wow. <laughs> He's a greeter at Walmart. He's got a lot of issues. He's running out of money. And by one thing or another reprises his role as the dead rabbit, which brings about the people that he stole money from, you know, decades ago out of the woodwork and puts a target on his head. So he like returns to his life of crime as the dead rabbit persona, so to speak. Right. And then all the people say, oh, he's back. We're going after him. Basically, yes. Uh, okay. And he doesn't know it yet, but I, oh, I believe it. yeah, he doesn't know it yet. That's inconvenient. He's doing it to support his wife uh, who is paralyzed. And you get the the sense that she's paralyzed because of something he did in his past life as the dead. Oh, rabbit. so okay. this takes place in Boston. Can you think of a book or a TV show or a movie that involves Boston and doesn't involve crime. I can only think of two. Wow. It seems like Boston is just always, anytime there's anything about Boston, it always involves crime. I mean, I don't want to stereotype the city, but when you ask the question that way, I'm I'm sitting there trying to run through things in my mind. And I mean, Boston legal, does that know? I mean, that's crime because they're lawyers <laughs> and everything. So I Man, I don't know that I can. I mean, the only thing I could say that doesn't involve crime would be stories about the sports teams from Boston. And some people might argue that some of those things have been crimes over the years. Right. But. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is Cheers and that movie with Drew Barrymore and Jimmy Fallon about the Red Sox were the only two things I could think of that didn't involve crime. Which I would argue that the Drew Barrymore movie was probably a crime to cinema, but I think that... <laughs> <laughs> but this is a very gripping story. The art's great in it. It's written by Jerry Dugan, who writes a lot for Marvel Comics. But this is a very gritty crime drama. I can see it becoming a film, you know, directed by Ben Affleck and starring Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> since they seem to do the Boston <laughs> stuff all the time. Right. It's worth checking out. It was really engaging for something that was, you know, about a guy who's he's not super likable. He's trying to do the right thing for his wife, but he does some pretty nasty stuff. So it's worth checking out. Andrea, you're our comic insider on the show this week. I mean, is this, first of all, do you know that guy Dugan that he's talking about for Marvel? Because I'm still learning. I'm getting back into comic books. And is this storyline something that would appeal to you? 
How would you feel about this? Well, I'm not familiar with Dugan, but I will say that I like the crime stories like that. So, I mean, yeah, Caliber does a lot of that kind of thing. Um, I would definitely be interested in reading it. As I'm listening to you describe it, ironically, what it made me think of is a Western, believe it or not. I was thinking of the film with Clint Eastwood, Unforgiven. Oh, good point. Yeah. Of a guy, you know, it's basically the story of a, you know, a gunman who kind of he makes a promise to his wife and leaves that life. And then after her passing, he's kind of drawn back into it again and uh, with a tremendous violence. But it's it's just an interesting concept that the idea of le- trying to leave something and asking yourself, is this kind of faded or is it based on what my character is that I'm going to be doing this kind of thing? Or Yeah. Like, are you just turning to it because it's something you know and it's easy or is this just fate telling you you're never going to leave this life. This is a good pick, Jason. I think this is one that I might add to my pull list from now. And you said it's in number one right now, so we're not too far behind. No, this is a good time to catch up on it for sure. Hey, guys, um, since we're talking about graphic novels and books we like, uh, I'd like to share with you a title that is a favorite of mine from Caliber Comics. Okay. In fact, I'm proud to say that uh, I was involved in helping to bring it to Caliber Comics. I uh, I won't say I discovered the guys, but kind of bumped into them uh, at Megacon in Orlando. Oh, OK. Uh, it's actually similar to The Shepherd in that it's put together by a father-son team. Wow. Uh, okay. Mike and Bob Smeets out of Lakeland, Florida. And they have a title called Weirdsdale. And Weirdsdale is very cool. It's very quirky. Uh, if I were to try to kind of frame it for our readers is imagine something very x filian uh, with a bit of Twin Peaks kind of dashed on. I remember this. Um, this was the one where the caricature, like the art was almost caricature style, right? Absolutely. That's Bob Smeet's work. Um, basically, the story uh, takes place in this town called Weirdsdale. And uh, basically, they have this guy who is a, a plastic surgeon who has learned how to manipulate the water in the human body and basically give you the body you always wanted. Oh, that's cool. Well, apparently cool. there's two sisters. Yeah, it's very cool. There's two sisters. Uh, one of them apparently comes to Weirsdale to get some kind of treatment and then disappears. And so her sister, she actually is a member of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. She comes to Weirsdale kind of on vacation <laughs> to look for her sister. She's a part of the Mounted the Police trail. and she's coming on vacation? That's awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, she's off duty basically right. is the is the key thing. <laughs> so anyway, she starts exploring Weirdsdale and asking questions. And what I love, you know, you were mentioning about the the kind of caricature take. What Bob did in his art style is made a very conscious choice to draw all the characters, all the townspeople characters from Weirdsdale. He drew them uh, with a caricature head, yeah. like a bigger than normal head. And as a submissions editor for Caliber, when I saw this, I was like, what is he doing right. here? And then as I read, I saw, first of all, Bob is a very talented artist. So I'm, as I'm looking at this, I'm like, man, this guy is ballsy. I mean, he is deliberately taking a very odd kind of twist on this, uh, doing it on purpose uh, to kind of have an artistic choice. And I really like that. Uh, I noticed all the characters... Um, that were not from Weirdsdale, 
they're drawn normally. So right. you get a chance to see what he's capable of doing. And then you see this artistic choice that he made. And I just, as a, as an editor, as I saw that, I was like, this guy is really taking some chance. I felt like that. Cause I read Weirdsdale when uh, they gave it to me at SpaceCon, And I remember thinking to myself after reading it, that you could tell like what you're talking about, that he was trying to visually convey the Weirdsdale vibe with those characters. And then he gave the, right. what you might call the control of the people who are not from Weirdsdale being just normally drawn. And Absolutely. I also felt like that because of the whole plastic surgery with the water shaping angle and everything that you just mentioned, like when you see people who have bad plastic surgery on their faces, right? You can tell right away. I, I hate to say it because he was a favorite singer of mine when I was a kid, but I think of the Kenny Rogers thing, right? Like when he got plastic surgery, that was a huge mistake. Like that messed up his whole or face. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Yeah. I mean, not good. not good stuff, right? Joan Rivers, the list goes yeah, on. And that yeah. kind of <laughs> thing is the same thing with these Weirdsdale characters. It's like, they're having all this work done and everything, and it's just really distorting who they are, not just figuratively like they're drawing, you know, the physical bodies that they inhabit, but also emotionally, it seems to be doing that as well. So it's a great book. It's really, I'm glad you found it, it and is. brought it to Caliber because it needs some distribution. Well, it's, you know, I think why I felt that it was really, it showed nerve on the part of the artist is that there really is, I think, an overemphasis on the mainstream, like DC and Marvel, they want their art to be pretty. You see a lot of this really beautiful depictions of the human body, you know, especially the women. They want this, you know, this kind of what I call a cheesecake look. And you can tell by my use of words how I feel about it. But I just felt that, you know, here's an artist that has deliberately chosen not to be pretty. And really... I felt that that said a lot about the integrity of the of the work. And I really feel like it's a good book. It's a it's an interesting and fun read. And like I said, it's got, kind of got that X-File vibe to it. Yeah, definitely. So we definitely will put some show notes down below so that people can find Weirdsdale. At, I'm assuming it's also at CaliberComics.com since you brought Absolutely. them into the fold. CaliberComics.com. There we go. And we'll have all that stuff down there for you guys below. And so... Maybe I'll have some good luck for a change. Bingo! Looks like I've hit the jackpot. It's the man-wolf. Here we go again, Wolfie! Huckleberry Comics is a publisher working on creating the most innovative and unique graphic novels, one-shots, manga, tabletop games, and even eventually video games. Right now, we're working on getting ready to launch Dream State Radicals, a project which has taken 18 artists over two years to create. It's a gritty sci-fi thriller in the vein of Dusex, Blade Runner, Detroit, and so many more. It's an awesome graphic novel with tons of free concept art and will be launching on Indiegogo early 2019. Follow us on Twitter at HuckleberryDSR, like us on Facebook, or check out our website to learn more. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for the Drawn and Paneled Looking Forward to Top Picks Pull List segment. I know that you, the listener, are super interested in all the things that we love to read because you're listening to this podcast, which means you really value our opinion. At least I'm hoping so. Maybe somebody's just playing this and make you listen to it. I don't really know. <laughs> but we do have a guest and we always like to let our guests go first. Andrea, are you reading anything currently? You know, not caliber, so to speak, because we know you read caliber, but tell us a little bit about what stories interest you right now. You know, it's interesting. We kind of talked a little bit off the air. I, 
I know this may sound like heresy, but I really haven't been reading much in the way of uh, Marvel and DC. As a submissions editor for Caliber, I'm reading books all the time. So I can definitely tell you that we have a couple in the pipeline that you should definitely be mindful of. You know, one that comes to mind is a book called Infinity, Tales of the Inferno. Okay. And it is a very, very cool book that we have just put our our hooks into. It basically tells the story about this serial killer who's learned how to get out of jail free card with hell. And he has (laughs) this like infinity symbol. Oh yeah. He's got an infinity symbol on his wrist that allows him to climb down through the levels of hell. And there's a trap door on the bottom, very bottom of hell. And he's able to get out. So like a Dante's version of hell where it's going through. Absolutely. In fact, the inspector who chases him through the afterlife is named Dante. Oh, perfect. Um, So it's very much influenced by Dante's Inferno. So, but very cool story. Like I said, I am reading a lot of books, but they're submissions. The other is that I tend to pick up books that are from smaller press. Uh, I'm a huge Dark Horse fan. I mean, anything that Mignola has written, I'm just a huge... Oh. Mignola, to me... Yes. What he's accomplished in the Mignolaverse is just flat out amazing. Um, But one book I will tell you about that I'm reading that I really like it's called And Then Emily Was Gone, um, and it's published by Comics Tribe, which is a small press. Hmm, okay. I haven't heard of that it's one. It's written uh, by a gentleman named Ian Laurie, uh, and excuse me, is the artist, and then John Lees is the author. And I totally recommend that. It's, it's basically kind of like supernatural serial killer, I oh, guess, okay. kind of uh, vibe to it. Okay. Um, but it takes place in Scotland and very, very cool. Yeah, very cool book. That's where my head is these days is in small press titles. And, you know, like I said, we get a lot of submissions to Caliber and I take those submissions very seriously. I read everything beginning to end. Jason, I mean, that sounds like a lot of cool stuff that we can take a look at, but what are you picking up on November 7th, which is New Comic Book Day, the day this podcast is releasing? What are you heading out to the local comic book shop to pick up? I am going to pick up Dead Rabbit number two. We just talked about number one, number two. That makes sense, right? Number two drops on the seventh, so I'm looking forward to that. Boom Studios, they're releasing an original graphic novel Wet Hot American Summer. Now, I don't know if either one of you have seen the film or the Netflix yeah, there was a, series. Yeah, there was a Netflix series. Yeah. Right. It was a, a film back in the early 2000s, and then they did two series on Netflix a decade or so later. Well, this is an original story about those characters at the summer Oh, cool. Camp. Okay. So yeah, I'll pick that, that up then. That sounds good. From Dynamite Entertainment is a new James Bond series, James Bond 007. Okay. It sounds pretty cool. It's written by Greg Pak, who did a lot of stuff with the Incredible Hulk back in the early 2000s. The story arc is called Odd Job, and I like that character, so I'm curious on Oh yeah, the odd job character from Goldfinger? Correct. Well, nice. it's called the it's called the odd job, and there's a you know Chinese or Asian man with a hat on. I don't know if it's the same odd job or if it's a you know retelling. Well, if it's not, it better be something related. <laughs> right. Well, there you know, you see the hat, so that was one of the coolest weapons ever. The bowler hat with the blade in the rim that would cut off the statue head. I love that. The bowler hat. Yes, he was a great character. Finally, we talked about in the news, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. 
Okay. Well, Archie Comics is re-releasing issue one of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina number one for one dollar. So if really? you're curious about that series, check it out. One dollar. You can't beat that. No, I mean today the average book price is like three to four dollars, right? So that's pretty special. Right. That's nice. Good. All right. So George, what are you picking up or what's your allowance uh, <laughs> right? this week yeah. to, to pick up books? Yeah. Well, I did good this week. Uh, I did a couple of chores around the house and I taped up some screens. I got the roof covered from the horrible hurricane that we went through recently. So I get a couple of extra books this week, fortunately, on my pull list. Uh, Thanks to my lovely wife, honey. I hope you're listening to this and know that I love you and appreciate you, especially when you let me buy more comic books. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) With that being said, I'm definitely going to pick up Kick-Ass number nine. I didn't read the Kick-Ass books when they first started coming out. I'm kind of a late comer to it based on the movies. Right. But this Kick-Ass is a different person inhabiting the role. Mm -hmm. And it's been a really fun series and I've really enjoyed it. So number nine comes out on Wednesday today that we're releasing this podcast, so I'm definitely grabbing that. Right after that, I've got to grab Walking Dead number 185. Anytime a Walking Dead book comes out, you know I'm going to pick it up. I'm a huge super fan, have been for a long time, long before it was the TV show or anything like that. And in that realm of zombie-esque stuff. I don't know if it's a new series or if it's a reprinting. I'm not really sure, but it's the first time I've seen it. There is a George Romero series called Road of the Dead Highway to Hell number one. And it says George Romero's Road of the Dead. So I had I know nothing about it other than the title. It said George Romero. That meant I had to buy it. It sounds interesting. Yeah, it was really cool. I love George Romero. Huge zombie fan. So that one's definitely there. Then there's another new series that looks pretty interesting called Empty Man. It looks like in this universe, people get a disease and they start to go insane. Yes, I saw the solicitations for that. That had me intrigued as well. Yeah, looked really cute. Uh, really cute. It looked really cool. Yep. <laughs> this might be a new volume of a previously existing series. Our listeners out there can write in and let us know at drawn at genxgrownup.com. And I've found this really interesting as far as the artwork that was on the cover, the story and the what you were talking about, the summaries that we were reading online. So I think this will be my hope that this turns into a series I want to add to my pull list kind of pick this week. I've got one more, and this is going to be a new little feature. We might not do it every week, but we're definitely doing this week. I've got a pick called my WTF Book of the Week. Okay. All right. So everybody out there knows what WTF stands for. This book's title, swear to God, Trump's Titans Space Force Number One. (laughs) Trump is some kind of space superhero, and they're making space great again was the tagline. I'm like, oh, come on. Wow. Are you kidding me? So anyway. Yeah, that's yeah very interesting. For those of you out there who want to write in, drawn at genxgrownup.com. If you pick this book up, please send us your thoughts on the book. I would really be interested because I'm not going to buy it, but I really want to know what other people think about this book. Right. I just have a hunch. Well, can't we can't work on hunches. This is much too serious. We'll have to notify the police. No, I, uh, I wouldn't do that if I were you, Mr. White. If anything in this episode has piqued your interest, we put links in the show notes you can click on to find out more. Catch up on past shows and be alerted every week when a new one drops by subscribing to us in Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, TuneIn, iTunes, or wherever you like to listen. While in iTunes, take a second to rate and review the show. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. We love to hear from our podcast listeners, so email your thoughts, suggestions, questions, ideas, or complaints on this or any other past episodes to drawn at genxgrownup.com. And find 
finally, Drawn and Paneled is more than a podcast. You can find our other content on the Gen X Grown Up YouTube channel or our website at genxgrownup.com. And that will wrap it up for another episode of Drawn and Paneled. Guys, this was a lot of fun. This is episode number two of the ongoing saga that is Drawn and Paneled coming to you live from the Gen X Grown Up universe. <laughs> Andrea, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. And Jason, always great to talk to you. Uh, Thank you. I had a great time. And we will see you guys next time. See you guys later. This podcast is an affiliate of the GWW Radio Network. Visit Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, TV, cosplay, and more. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) I know, right.